uh, what do you call a sleeping bull? What do you call a sleeping bull? A bulldozer. Behind the Veil, Uptown is on the air. Today we'll hear from Marissa, Andrew, listen to a 3 one interview, and more. So tune in and turn it up. volunteered at the Ragnar once, and I've run the Ragnar twice. This is Jonathan Davis. I'm a member at Vail. So the Ragnar is a really run from Minneapolis, Kaufman Union, all the way up to Duluth with 12 runners on our team. So basically there are 12 runners and each runner has three legs. So what was it like to run at night? Um, That was my second leg in the Ragnar this year. I started at about 3 in the morning, and I put on a headlamp and reflective gear and basically ran six miles along a state path right through the middle of the woods. Um, There were other runners around me. I think I counted. I, I passed people four times during that leg and got passed four times. And um, it was just really cool. You're out in the middle of nowhere. It's totally quiet. That was one of the best parts of Ragnar was running at night. People who have, like Chad, the Vail Place director, he had had to run 24 miles total. Um, Some people who aren't as experienced as runners, you can run only about 11 or 12 miles total um, if you're just starting out. You can you can kind of pick your distance according to how good of a runner you are. And it's it's actually easier, that it's not like it's all torture. Everybody's kind of cheering each other on. It's a really fun kind of festive atmosphere. So it's pretty cool. Are there other teams? There are, I forget how many there were. I think, I think there's something like four or 5,000 runners total. So divide that by 12. 12 people on each team, so something like three or 400 teams, I think. And it's fun, people decorate their vans. This year we are, we got the Ghostbusters theme. Instead, we're the Vail Play Stigma Busters. If you've done the training, you, you can do it. Otherwise, you can kind of get anxiety if you haven't been doing the training. So we're less than two months away now. Basically, you'd want to talk to either Chad or to, or to me, Jonathan. They like you to be at about a 12-minute mile pace or a bit faster. We, we're always getting in and out of the van, stopping by the side of a road and cheering on our runner. We're having some trouble recruiting runners this year, so we might have to get a few from outside. Um, but... Uh, yeah, anybody's welcome. The dates are August 12th and 13th. So if you are a runner, or you have any friends who are a runner, talk to Chad or me. This is how we do This is how we do it at Vale Place. According to Standard 15, the work order day engages members and staff together, side by side, in the running of the clubhouse. Also, the clubhouse focuses on strengths, talents, and abilities of members. So what does that mean to us? 
That means that what we do here must engage our strengths as members in order to develop self-esteem, confidence, and friendships. The work order day. This is how we do it at Vail. This is 3, 2, 1. Today I am interviewing Allison in Internet Vail Place about the subject of interdependence. According to my fourth edition of the American Heritage College Dictionary, interdependent is defined as mutually dependent. My first question, who are you, Allison? I am an occupational therapy student, and I'm interning at Vail Place for the summer. Where did you go to school? I currently am at the U of M. What is one thing that has surprised you about Vail Place? I think it's just everyone's willingness to really train me and help me learn about everything that is going on at the clubhouse and being able to step right into the work. What is one song you like that everyone might enjoy? I think um, in honor of Prince's birthday, Purple Rain. In your opinion, Allison, how important is interdependency to the welfare of an organization like Vail Place? I think that this really is like the foundation of everything that goes on at Vail Place with everyone working side by side um, and being willing to train and learn and show everyone about all of the different jobs that are done during the day at the clubhouse. Have you any suggestions for how interdependency here at Vail Place might be improved? I think that if everyone just keeps doing what they're doing and being willing to train and people being willing to learn and work side by side, I think that's what's super important. That's a very good answer. My last question. In a perfect world, what do you think interdependency might look like? I think that it really is just about supporting each other and being able to work together and each being able to do the task on your own, but coming together to um, learn from each other and just working better together. Thank you, Allison. Everyone's future will always possess a degree of interdependency. Each day that people are at Vail Place, they are keeping the idea of positive cooperative interdependence alive and thriving. Thank you for listening. I never meant to call you when it's all Never meant to cause you any pain. Only wanted one time to see you laughing.
What you doing here today? Doing tie-dye. How do you make dozens of tie-dye t-shirts on a gorgeous summer day? By gathering volunteers, of course. And how do you go out and get dozens of volunteers, members, and Vale staff to gather? By gathering the supergroup known as the Renovators to perform. And that's just what happened this past Thursday in June. A lot of shirts were tied, dyed, and bagged, with groovy tunes playing in the background. And if you want to join in for future events, just keep an eye on the calendar. Hello everyone, I'm Andrew Braunberger and I was invited to paint a mural at Vail Place, Minneapolis. 
I found the creation of abstract art actually helps facilitate abstract conversations. I felt this helpful for my own mental health. The mural is a collaboration for any member or staff to participate. Imagine a wild, interconnected expression with people walking, dancing, or just floating over the top of it. The piece is almost done, well, ready for people to contribute. And I would say by the time you hear this podcast, it's just fine to come in and add to it. I would like to hear stories and things unfold around it, because I think art is a great way to, to make connections and to heal. So come on down and add a sticker, painting, or just observe the unfolding. Hey, Vail Place members, staff, supporters, and friends. What's going on in July, you ask? Well, hold on to your boots. And if you aren't wearing boots, prepare to have your socks knocked off. Events are subject to change. If there's one thing July is known for around here, it's Tour de Vail. July 14th through July 17th. Five days of fun, exercise, and contests. And a final push in Hopkins with the renovators and ice cream. Where we listen, laugh, and look good in tie-dye shirts. We have the Lemonon Hills Wellness Hike on the 6th of July. And the Malcaster Wellness Hike on the 11th. You can make mindful art with Martha on the 14th. Or join her at the Fresh Eye Art Gallery to expand your horizons on the 20th. And there's Como Park Hike on the 18th for animals and the Arboretum and ice cream. And... We can't leave out bowling, and certainly not tennis, and we even have painting, and the Omni Theater, and more. So, join us in July. You certainly won't want to miss out. second cat was Princess Tipper Ann Wagner, also known as Tipper to my family. Tipper, because the very tip of her tail was white. She was a gray tabby with black stripes, white paws, and a white belly. She came to be in my family when I found a litter of kittens in a barn on my grandma's farm in Pigeon Falls, Wisconsin. We'd oohed and awed over the kittens, but they were too young to be taken from their mother. There was a black female, Spooky, a black and white male, Socks, and two gray tabbies, one male, one female, Princess and Garrett. Unfortunately, when we came back two weeks later to pick up the kittens, the mom had abandoned the two gray tabbies, so we took the female tabby home. My mom said we couldn't name her Princess because it was just a title, not a name. And my mom noticed the tip of her tail was white, so she came up with the name Tipper. Tipper was in bad shape when we picked her up. She was the size of a beanie baby kitten. We went to PetSmart in Eau Claire on our way home to pick up some food for Tipper and stay at our Aunt Roseanne's house for the night. 
Chipper was so hungry she ate an entire dog biscuit. We took her to the vet the next day after we got home. It turns out she had an eye infection and a respiratory infection. Due to the respiratory infection, Chipper had a very weak meow and a basically non-existent purr. But her hiss and growl were definitely there. Tipper got the nickname Tipker and Hisker because she would only hiss and growl, especially at me. She hated me when I was a child. Tipper was what people think a typical cat is like. Antisocial, only likes one person, and only comes out for food. Tipper's person was my twin sister, Lindsay. But all the cats would beg me for food in the morning because I was the only one that got up to their harassment. But when Lindsay was away, Tipper would get lonely and hang out with the rest of us. Tipper would sleep with Lindsay and cuddle up to Lindsay while Lindsay was doing her homework. So when we all moved out of our childhood home in Rosemont, Lindsay going to the University of North Dakota, our mom to her husband Scott's house in Apple Valley, and me, Chelsea, and her boyfriend Devon to an apartment in Bloomington. And the two cats that were left came with us. I was the one taking care of the cats. I was feeding them, giving them water, scooping litter box, and just paying attention to them. Tipper began to love me, while Magic always loved me. But Tipper's health was slowly declining. She was losing patches of her fur and not eating solid food. She had also forgotten who Lindsay was. So on January 19th, National Popcorn Day, I brought home two popcorn chicken nuggets for a dollar ninety-nine a piece. So after I took the bus home, I went to the restroom first thing and put the nuggets in my room. When I got back, Tipper had taken one of the still-worn popcorn nuggets and was eating it. I was so happy, I cried. She was eating solid food again. I'd been giving her wet cat food and tuna juice for months because Tipper wouldn't eat solid food. She died in my arms late February 2014. She wasn't my cat, but she still loved me towards the end. And I loved her. I'll never forget the warmth and comfort she gave me for those eight months in Bloomington. late. Hey, now it's only 9 p.m. I'm just eating a sneaker bar with my favorite spicy Doritos and the super cold Mountain Dew. The sugar in that Snickers bar will create a blood glucose swing. It'll drag you out from deep sleep when you crash. And those spicy Doritos will create an indigestion in your stomach. Not to mention the capsaicin, the heat in spicy Doritos. The caffeine will raise your body temperature and keep you awake. And the Mountain Dew? Forget about it. The sugar and caffeine will keep you awake until the morning. Come on, Sebastian. You are being really picky. I'm hungry now. What should I eat? How about some good late night snacks to help you sleep? Get ready for some popcorn with brewer's yeast and extra virgin olive oil as a topping. 
And what about a banana and walnut sandwich? All sorts of good stuff in those. Anti-inflammatory effects galore with the tryptophan from the sandwich will help your body to produce both serotonin and melatonin. That actually sounds good. So what should I drink with? May I suggest a cup of chamomile tea with little honey and coconut water for the thirst quench? Chamomile contains a strong antioxidant called apigenin to help make your muscles relaxed. And honey stimulates production of tryptophan. Coconut water contains a nice amount of both magnesium and potassium, which has a relaxing effect on muscles. Okay, okay, okay. I'm getting tired of listening to your preaching, Sebastian. I think I lay down in bed with my iPad. No, 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 no. The blue light from the iPad will suppress the function of melatonin and disturb your circadian rhythms. Try to read a boring fiction. You won't engage in the story easily. How about reading a novel like The Grapes of Wrath by Steinbeck? Uh, okay, Sebastian. Uh, I think I have a copy of War and Peace holding up the couch. Well, thank you for your um, guidance. Now, have you seen my car keys? No. Where are you going? Oh, uh, just McDonald's. Uh, I feel like a big Mac tonight. No! Well, that's a wrap for this month's edition of Behind the Veil Uptown. We hope you enjoyed listening, and we'll talk more in the future.